Hey family, this is Javer Fitzbogle and I am the creative director of the Detox Movement Global Ministries and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope that it blesses you. We hope that it challenges you and we hope that it encourages you to see that God is moving in your life. So come grow with us and enjoy the message. God has a pace for your purpose. That if you're willing to listen to what I'm saying tonight, I believe that the message that God is going to begin to share with us is that he has a pace for your purpose. And this whole series is all about understanding that God has a pace for your purpose. He doesn't want us to just live our lives 10, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years. We reach 40 and then all of a sudden it's like, man, what do I do with my life? I ain't did nothing with my life. I haven't followed perhaps what I'm called to do. I haven't stepped into my assignment or my purpose. God, why am I here? And I believe that the Lord has sent me here today to tell you that he has a pace for your purpose. And if you are not in your purpose right now, I pray that this message will begin to open your eyes to see things you've never seen before and finally say yes to God in a way that will transform your life. Pacemaker. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for today. God, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you, God, for your plan and your purpose in us. Father, we thank you, God, because your word says that you are the one who wills in us to do of your good pleasure. So, God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would will in us to do of your good pleasure. Father, take the wheel and direct us, steer us, press us in the direction and the place that you want us to go in. Father, remove the clutter from our eyes so that we can see clearly what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Pacemaker. If you got your Bibles, you're watching what is online, if you're in-house here today, please pull out your Bibles and turn with me to Genesis chapter 33. Genesis chapter 33, we're going to read from verse 11, just a few verses. I'm going to paint a picture so that you guys know what's going on. We spent these last few weeks talking about a teaching or a series entitled Evidence. And we learned in this series that God has been moving whether or not you can see him moving in your life. That God has been doing things in your life whether or not you acknowledge that he's been doing something. And we learned about this brother named Moses. Now, Moses was a very interesting character. Moses was a man of God who the Lord called out of one place, put him in another position, and worked in his life to change his condition, to change the way he sees himself or saw himself so that he would step out and do what God had called him to do. Moses is biblically the author of this book, the book of Genesis. But please understand that all of God's word is God-breathed, meaning everything that comes out of God's word comes from God himself. But he used or uses people to write things. So he used men in the Bible like Moses to write the books of the Bible like Genesis. And I want to push this idea today that God has a purpose for your life, and this purpose has a pace for it, and there is a plan attached to it. But even though we read these books today, I want you to understand that God is doing things today that he started even years ago. And perhaps he created a book then. Today, he's still making books. We just don't see them in the context of the Bible. In fact, our motion is thought that 
a lot of us here today are living representations that God still works, that he still lives, that he still writes, that he is still God breathed on earth today. Today, people read the word of God from people who lived back then. But today also, people will read your life based on how you live today. And I'm believing God by the end of this series that you will see yourself as somebody who is a carrier of the breath of God. That as you begin to walk out in faith, you begin to walk out in purpose, you'll realize, wait a second, I may not have written the book of Genesis through Christ, but God is writing something in my life for somebody, for someone else who's coming behind me, for someone who's called to listen to, my, to, to what God has placed on my heart. God has an agenda for your life. Moses is the author of Genesis. Today we're going to continue reading from the author of Genesis, but in a different perspective. There was two people in the Bible. One was called Jacob. The other was called Esau. Jacob and Esau, you're all familiar with them. You heard them. You probably read them in, you know, children's stories. You're probably familiar. Jacob and Esau were twins. And I don't know how, you know, commonly that's referred to in scripture. I know that we're brothers, but truthfully, Jacob and Esau were twins. In fact, Esau was the older brother and Jacob was the younger brother. In fact, the Bible illustrates that Esau was born just a few minutes before his older brother. And in these days, in olden days, what happens is the older people or the older son in the family would inherit the birthright that the family gives, meaning that they would obtain the thing that is the blessing of the family or the first fruits of the family. So Jacob, being the younger brother to Esau, didn't like that. He didn't like the type of treatment that his older brother got from his family. He didn't like how his father relished the meals that his brother prepared. See, Esau was a hunter. He would go out into the fields and he would find a deer and he would kill it, take it home, make some deer soup. You know, deer soup, I don't, I don't know. Y'all had deer soup? I don't know. I hope I ain't never had no deer soup. Some goat soup. I ain't have goat soup either. What type of soup we have there? What type of soup you drink? You, say, you drink soup? What type of drink? Clam chowder. Clam chowder. What type? You say? Lobster. Dish. Lobster. I like lobster soup. So Esau was out there hunting the lobsters. And he would bring home and make some lobster soup for his daddy, who at this time was pretty old. We see that there comes, or there is a custom in this day, that before the father or the leader of the household would pass away, that they would pass on the birthright to the oldest son. And so in this particular passage prior before we jump into Genesis chapter 33, we see that one day when Esau came home, Esau was hungry. I mean, my boy was hungry. He was so hungry. You ever been so hungry when you come home, you don't really care what anybody has to say? I mean, you got an attitude. I know some of y'all got attitudes. When you, when you don't get food, you just grumpy like that. Like, I mean, uber grumpy. Like, he was this type of grumpy where he was like, man, I don't care what you got to say. I need to put some food in my belly. And he came home with his crab, with his deer at this time. And he's thinking, man, I need to eat. And of course, Jacob, who spent a lot of time at home, Jacob was in a place or in a position where he often made the meals, prepared the meals, and spent a lot of time taking care of the animals at home for his father, Isaac. 
So at this particular time, when Esau came home, he wanted something to eat. Now his envious brother Jacob, who was thinking, man, I don't think it's fair that all my, my brother gets all these things from the family. I want my portion too. I want my piece of the pie. I want what God has for me. And sometimes what people do, and in Jacob's case, is we take matters into our own hands. We call them under the table matters. Jacob ended up deceiving his father because Esau came home and said, feed me something. And Jacob told him, the only way I'm going to feed you is if you sell me your birthright. So Esau, being as hungry as he was, he sold his birthright. He said, hey, cool, whatever, take it. Give me something to eat. Your boy got to eat. He's not thinking about the ramifications of it. And because of this, Jacob then assumed his position. Now, they're both in the wrong, but we're not going to talk about this today. And he went to his father, who was old of age and blind, and he deceived him and tricked him as if he was Esau and took the blessing from the father. Now, of course, when the father found out, he was distraught. When Esau found out, he was very upset. When Jacob found out that everyone found out, he was like, man, I got to get out of here. And so Jacob, Jacob, Jacob dipped. He left. He was like, I can't be here no more. I got to go. And when he left and he found himself in a whole nother season and walk in life, he realized, man, I need to come back. I need to come back to my family. I need to come back to my brother. I need to fix the problem. And this is what we find ourselves here in Genesis chapter three, this series entitled Pacemaker. We're gonna call this message Pace Made. Pace Made. Genesis chapter 33, verse 11. We're gonna read from verse 11 to verse 14. Now, please accept my blessing. This is brought to you now because God has dealt graciously with me. We see that Jacob is now having conversation to his brother. And because I have enough, thus he urged him and he took it. Then Esau said, now let us journey on our way and I will go ahead of you. But Jacob then said to him, my Lord knows that the children are frail and that the nursing flocks are heard and that they are come, that they have come specifically in care of me and if they are driven too hard for the day these flocks will come and die now let my lord pass ahead of his servant and i will then on slowly come at the pace of the livestock that are ahead of me and the pace of the children also until i come to my lord in Seir. Now, this is very important because what we're understanding here in Scripture is that Jacob is now coming back to a place to where he's trying to fix his relationship with his brother. And he feels like he could do this by giving him gifts and giving him things that would perhaps change the condition of his heart. Now, I remember this wasn't too long ago. Uh, uh, how many of you do like New Year's resolutions? Y'all like really like the New Year's type of thing. Like it's a new year, new me. I'm going to come out here and I'm going to do, you know what? I'm going to flex on, I'm going to lose weight. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do it. Listen, I came out in 2021. I was like COVID, bro, either way, I'm coming out body finer than ever. 
This was my mindset. You know what? Forget resolutions. This is my plan. I'm going to flex on everybody in private. And I told myself, what better way to do this than to go and work out? So I told myself, I'm going to do what I hate doing. I'm going to do what the man of God never does. I'm going to go and run. I'm going to run. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to the, I'm going I'm to run. And I went down the street to this uh, track at a high school, got inside, set myself up to run, got on my little virtual block, did my little stretches, all 200 and how heavy am I? Five, 10, uh, 280 pounds, 6'1", got on the block. And I was like, this is my time. Let's do it. Nobody's watching. I'm like, shoot, took my shirt off. I was ready for this. I got on the block and I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. I said, ready, set, go. And I sprint off. I promise you, I was going like 20 miles an hour. I was going so fast. It was like, listen, this was my season. I don't know why y'all laughing here, because I was like, ooh. Y'all remember in high school, I was fast in high school. I was like, ooh, here I go. Ooh, here I come. And out of nowhere, I promise you, I was getting, it was like 50 yards in. <laughs> it, was, it was a good 50, but I was going 20 miles an hour on the 50 yards, I promise. And I, when I got to the end of the 50 miles, I felt this pain in my chest. <laughs> Lord Jesus. I ain't never felt no pain like this a day in my life. I said, God, I turned from like 20 miles an hour to two in like 0.3 seconds. I, I almost fell. But let me tell you something. I ran. And as I was running, I felt this pain in my chest that stopped me instantly. And as it stopped me, I began to grab my knees and pant. And somehow, we, we all do this thing, right, where if something's hurting us, and it's like below the surface of where the pain may be. You still grab it as if it's going to do something. I grabbed my chest as if something was going to happen. Like I was going to, you know, help myself for, you know, preventing my heart from coming out. And I felt my heart. And I remember my heart was pumping so fast. Pumping so fast. For all you who work in healthcare, I was beyond SBTs. I was like 175. Now, when you're young, and I'm not a doctor, but I'll tell you this, you Google it so we know this is general information. When you're young, especially when you're athletic, you have a tendency to, do, your heart rate will run faster when you're younger and you're doing sports. But at this time, and my heart was running 170, 180, I was so close to 200, and I felt this sharp needle pain in my chest and said, God, I don't know what this is. And it hurts. And it stopped me dead in my track. And I picked up the phone because I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> at that point, you're ready to call 911 when it's really bad. And my answer was like, you know, let me call my homeboy. He's fit. <laughs> so I picked up the phone with my hand on my chest like, hey, bro, uh, I'm in some pain right now. I'm hurting, my heart's hurting, I feel this sharp pain, I don't know what's going on. He's like, bro, you gotta go check the doctor. And I was like, man, you're right, I gotta do that. And he said, you know what else you gotta do? And I said, what's that, man? He said, you gotta slow down. He said, you need to slow down and you need to pace yourself. Now, now this was a moment for me that as simple as it was, it changed my whole life. Because I always heard people say, yeah, you got to pace yourself. You got to pace yourself. But it never hit me until I realized that I was actually going too fast. The thing about it was, it's not because I'm that fast, which you know, I believe I am. Uh, but really what it was is that I was going too fast for the place in life that I was currently at. 
I remember in this moment when he said that you got to pace yourself. And that's real, I'm real weird, you know, I don't really don't like to, to do this, you know, like when you, something happens in life, you automatically draw a parallel, like you saw a dove, and it was like the Lord said, you need to go home and wash with dove. Like, it, you don't really do that. But what I will say is sometimes God will show you something in the middle of the place that he has you in. In fact, often he will show you things in the middle of the place that he has you in. Because sometimes you can't see something until you experience it for yourself. Like, like, God, I don't know what it's like to be broke because you always have money. But, but then life happens and the money's taken away and you're like, wow, I see life differently. Sometimes when you're in a position to experience what God is trying to show you is a point of clarity and revelation for your life. At that moment, it wasn't that I was going too fast. But it was actually the fact that I was going faster than the place I was supposed to be at. With Jacob and Esau, I found a very unique parallel to this thought. I found out that Jacob ran away because he wanted something before it was his time. He wanted to experience God's best. But, but he took matters into his own hands. My boy Chaz in the building, what's up? Chaz, I see you over there. Chaz would tell me this all the time. I say, oh, Chaz, I go to the gym. Chaz would say, well, how long since you worked out? And I said, man, it's, you know, <laughs> praise God. And he would say, well, listen, bro, start light. Start light. And I say, yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna start light. And I go in and I bench heavy. And I promise you, two days after, I remember, wait a second, I wasn't supposed to do that. And then it hit me, there are certain things in life that if you step outside of the pace that God requires you to be in, you will miss the benefit of the season that you're in right now. That the benefit of the season you're in is often directly proportional to staying in the will that God has for you, which is the pace that God has for you. Watch this, God's will for your life is always his pace for your life. If you discover God's will, you will always find God's pace. God's will is never that you will go in and bench more because you can, but God's will is that you will bench more over time because you submitted to the process of what it means to go in there and do things the right way. Jacob was in a place where he didn't want to do things the right way. And it was in this verse, the Lord began to speak to me and he says, son, I wanted to be Jacob's pace maker, but he did not allow me to set the pace for his life. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. How many people do not allow God to set the pace for their life? But, but instead, we take matters into our own hands because I want to be successful. I want, I want to have all this money. I want to go out there and I want to be fit like a Fitbit. I want to go out there and flex on my haters. So you take matters into your own hands and you miss God's timing 
Because anything that is outside the will of God is always outside of God's timing. And anything outside of God's timing is never his pace for your life. So I sat on this and I was like, yo, God, you know I took anatomy a lot. Father, I feel like you're speaking to me and you showed me something academically. To a lot of my people out here, you taking anatomy and physiology, you know where I'm going with this. The study of the heart is a very unique organ in the body. There are certain organs you just can't live without. The heart's one of them. You need a heart. Because if you don't have a heart, you're not alive. Now, miracles have often occurred. People, doctors don't know how to explain how certain things happen. But even God himself will obey his own law to accomplish his very plan. Like, like you can't not not breathe because God breathed, right? You cannot not have blood because God, that blood that's in you is the blood that, that sustains who you are here on earth. There are certain things you need. The heart is one of them. And when you check the anatomy of the heart, I know we got a few doctors in here. I know two of them are in here. One very interesting point is on the anterior portion of the heart or the highest portion of the heart, there's a region, specifically the right upper region of the heart. The region is called the sinoatrial node. It's, it's a very interesting component of the heart. And this SA node, which is commonly referred to as, is commonly referred to as the pacemaker of the heart. This pacemaker or this portion of the heart actually sends signals throughout the heart muscle which tells the heart to contract. Now I don't know what happened to my heart this day because I'll tell you I was in some pain and I had to go to the doctor and one of the things I was fearful of, I said, doc, I don't know, man, my, my heart's beating slow here, it's beating fast here. And he gave me some paper and he said, here, you can look up this information, but you're young, you're fine, just go home and do it. And, and I went and I did so much research and I realized that if, if certain parts of your heart don't work, then your heart's not going to function in certain areas. It's not going to function properly in certain areas. So it's interesting to note that certain types of sinus, like no dysfunction, literally happens and it affects the way that the heart beats. So the heart cannot do what it was meant to do or be what it was meant to be if every specific area is not working properly. In other words, heart dysfunction sometimes occurs when the heart isn't receiving proper signals. So I sat there and I was like, okay, God, this is cool. You know, I love science and stuff. And the Lord put something in my heart. And I asked him, I said, God, is it that the heart itself, when it's not receiving certain signals, is it just that the heart just doesn't know where to pump properly? And he said, no, it's not just the heart. Because if the heart isn't pumping properly, then, then the body's not receiving blood. And if the body's not receiving blood properly, then there's certain areas of the body that require the blood that will also be affected as well. And he showed me how one small dysfunction in an organ of the body can affect the entire body of a person. And in that moment, I said, God, so you mean to tell me that dysfunction can occur anywhere? He told me, yes. Dysfunction 
can occur in the body as well as it can occur outside the body. In fact, dysfunction is more spiritual than it is physical. Because many things that happen in the natural have to happen in the spiritual first. I looked at the word dysfunction and I found out dysfunction means an abnormality or an impairment in the function of a specified bodily organ or system. And the secondary definition says that dysfunction is a deviation from the norm or the norms of a certain specified behavior. And I start to sit there and I thought about it and I said, so you mean to tell me that if one thing isn't working or if it's not receiving the signal, then it affects everything else? He said, yes. And in this moment, he said, son, listen, there are so many people, and he was speaking to me first, that if you're not receiving the right signal, you cannot pump out your purpose. He literally told me in this moment, he said, son, if you're not getting the right signal from me, then you can't pump out the thing I purposed you for. So the idea of having the signal for the heart isn't just for the heart to function, but it's actually for the rest of the body to receive blood and oxygen and other nutrients that are so necessary to the body. If this one area of your heart doesn't work, it affects more than just the heart itself. Family, I hope you're listening to what I'm saying because I've come here today to tell you that if you're not receiving the right message from God, it is not just you that will be affected, but it is every person that is connected to your purpose. God has a specific agenda for your life. He has a specific plan and purpose for your life. But the purpose doesn't start with you. The purpose starts with the God who gives you the signals. This whole series is going to be specifically about receiving the right messages from God. Because if you don't receive the right message, watch this, you will die off. Your purpose will die off. And every person that was meant to receive from it will never receive. In medicine, they call it atrophy in different forms. Muscle atrophy, tissue atrophy. Things just begin to die all because something didn't get the right signal. If you're not receiving the right signal, you're going to miss the mark. Jacob wasn't receiving the right signal. He was, he was functioning off of this idea that I can do things on my own. I, I, I can make this thing happen. You know what? I want to be blessed, so I'm going to snatch this blessing by putting my brother in a position where he made a mistake to compromise the blessing that was for him. And he ended up taking something that wasn't his. This is dysfunction. I heard, Javier, you need to slow down. You, you need to pace yourself. Now, this is interesting because when we talk about the word pace, pace can be understood in three specific ways. See, pace is the manner in which 
we move by, right? Like, like the how factor, pace is like the how factor, right? How do you pace? Do you pace like Snoop and you just got a nice little lean to you? You know, do you pace and you have a steady gait? Do, do you pace like you're a model? Like, like, like how is your gait, you see, how you pace matters. Because the how is always a reflection of the condition you are in. I promise you, I promise you, if I see someone walking like they Crips and Bloods and they just, I know exactly where they came from. Think about it. If I seen somebody walk with a limp, when you study later on in scripture, you see that Jacob wrestled with God. We're going to talk about this. And because he wrestled with God, he would not let the spirit leave him. He said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The Bible says that the angel then touched his hip and dislocated his socket. And my boy had a nice little lead. He had no lean to him. Well, why is that? So, so his hip becomes an indicator. The Bible says it affected every person and nobody would eat that specific area of the body of an animal because of what happened to Jacob. I promise you, the way that you pace is always an indicator of where you're coming from. But I have literally come here today to tell you that God's pace is always found next to his grace. That when God has a pace for your life, he always gives you the grace that you need. He always gives you what you need. He'll always fix what you need in order to do. He'll always give you what you need so that you can have. When you're in God's pace, you will always find his grace. When you're in God's pace, you will always find his grace. See, pace also means specifically to measure by steps. We're going to talk about this. To pace or to pace around a piece of ground. It's, it's I'm going to check my steps. Okay, five. Okay, six, seven. Okay, 32, 37, 42, 57. Okay, 60, 65, 30. Okay, and, 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 and I heard God speak to me so clearly in this area, and he told me this is where a lot of people are. They're doing a lot of movement, but they're not moving nowhere. And, and I know that God wants us to understand this, but I have to tell you this today. It means nothing to move if you're not moving in Christ. In fact, it's better to be still. The scripture teaches us how important stillness is. I have just learned that stillness is a form of movement. Because when you're moving outside of God's will, what good is it when it's better for you to just stay there and be still? To be still and know that he's God, right? Like, like to be still in the storm, right? To be still when life is tossing you around and you're getting shaken up and so many things are happening. Sometimes you just got to be still. It's not always about pacing. The third thing that I realized when we talk about this, this is so important, is that pace is also used in reference of speed. This is where I was. because I was on the track. I promise you, going like 20 miles an hour. I was, you know, you know, Sonic. He used to call me Bronic, you know, and I was like, I was moving. 
And then God spoke to me. It's so weird how sometimes God speaks. And he told me, he says, son, yes, pace is also for speed. Pace is meant to either speed you up or slow you down. And we're going to spend a lot of time in this, in, in this next few weeks talking about you're moving too fast, bro. Like, my, my dude, you're, you're doing too much, bro. Like, sis, you need to slow down. Like, life is coming at you in all these different ways, and if you don't know how to find God's pace, sometimes you'll miss where God wants you to be. You will miss where God wants you to be. Because the idea is this. God's grace is always fit for the assignments he sent you on. And it's in there that you'll find your purpose. So we find it, we see here, wow, all this stuff is going on. And, and God just began to speak to me. And he told me a few things that I wanted to tell you here today. I said, so God, you mean to tell me this whole talk about purpose and grace? And like, so, so what are you trying to say? He told me literally this. And if you're taking notes, write this down. That some of you here are stuck in a pace of haste. Some of us are stuck in a pace of haste. You're moving fast, but you're missing the mark. You're moving fast, but you're missing the directions. You're moving fast. Like, God, what does it mean? It's time for us to slow down. It may be time for you to speed up. There are some people in here today that are in a place of complacency. It's time for you to speed up. Because if you don't speed up, your purpose is going to be Brady. Meaning your purpose is below the normal that God has for your life. I think it's important for us to understand that, that God's pace is perfect. Meaning he doesn't beat too fast. He doesn't cause you to beat too slow. He doesn't make you move too fast. He doesn't cause you to move too slow. But when you're in God's pace, you will always find God's grace, and you'll never overstep your bounds, but you'll never understep your purpose. It's in this place that you'll begin to see that Jacob was out of alignment with the pace that God had for him. Because we will, as we go on and study the next few weeks, we're going to see how Jacob himself actually got blessed by God. I mean, he was blessed in such a way that when he came to his brother... He had all this stuff to give him. We must stay in a place that's God's pace. In verse 11, it says, now, please accept my blessings. Jacob is now coming back to his brother. And he's saying, now, listen, I know we've been through a lot. I know I stole your Xbox. Yeah, I, okay. All right, I stole your car, too. Okay. I stole your girl, too. Uh, okay. You know, I stole your whole birthright. I, I took all of it. And I feel so bad that I think I need to give, I need to give back. I need to show that I, I messed up. So in verse 11, it says, now please accept my blessing that is brought to you because God has dealt graciously with me. Meaning God had grace for the inconsistent pace. And this is for somebody who's, who's listening tonight. I feel this for somebody. 
Will you think you messed up so bad that God can't fix? That God still won't bless? That God still won't purpose you? That God still won't progress you? I'm telling you, God still has a plan for you. Even if you have deviated outside of his will, God's grace is sufficient. My boy here messed up. But somehow God had grace for him to bless him, not for his own, but because there was something someone else had to receive. And we're going to talk about this in the next few weeks, but he says now, speaking to his brother, now look, I got a whole lot. God has dealt with me. He's been gracious towards me. God has been so good to me. But I, I, because of this, I, I have more than enough. I paid off my tuition. You know what I'm saying? My bills are up to date. You know what I'm saying? My car is good. Oil in the car. The tags aren't expired. My Lord, I'm good. So take this. Just, here, take it. Just, just, just take it. Just take it. Write this point down. When you're not in God's pace for your life, you will always pace in fear. Write this point down. When you're not in God's pace for your life, you will always try to prove. Write this down. When you're not in God's pace for your life, you will always make your own plans. When you're not in God's place for your life, you'll always miss the mark. You'll always feel like I gotta give because I messed up. I, I, gotta, I gotta put this back because, you know what, I'm just, I gotta, I gotta fix this. I, I gotta fix this, but I want you guys to know something. In life, when we make mistakes, it's not about fixing. It's not about fixing. We don't have the power to fix or correct. It's about repentance and being in a place where God can progress us. It's, it's in these places where God, he fixes us for his purpose and our humility to him, not our humility to others, is what puts us in a place where we can finally experience freedom in Christ Jesus. What is freedom? Freedom is not going faster than God wants you to go. Freedom is not going slower, but freedom is always in the place called pace. God wants to be your pacemaker. Uh, I got this for you. God already has your pace made. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God has given us power, a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. God has given you what you need in order to run the race. Power, love, and a sound mind is on every single track that you run for the rest of your life. Whoever you meet, the power of God is with you in Jesus' name. Whoever you meet, the love of God must come out of you in Jesus' name. Whoever you meet, God wants you to operate in a sound mind where the Spirit of God can move freely in you, and it shall in Jesus' name. The pace that God has for you 
It's not a place of fear, but it's a place of faith. It takes faith to run the race at God's pace for your life. It takes faith to run your race at God's pace for your life. God gives what he paces us for. That's so good. He gives us what he paces us for. He goes on by saying now, this thus he urged him and he took it. In verse 12, then Esau said, now let us journey on our way and I will go ahead of you and I will go ahead of you and I will go ahead of you. Verse 13, but Jacob said to him, my Lord knows, talking to his brother, that's how you know, you start calling him Lord, he's like, my Lord, you know, my Lord, man, look, I feel it. it, look, you know that the children are frail, I'm bringing this to a close, and this is the pilot, these next two verses are the pilot of this whole series, because this is where everyone has been, is now, or may be at a point in time is in these next two verses. But Jacob said to him, my, my Lord, that the children, not me, the children and the nursing flocks, meaning the animals that got babies, and the herds are a care to me, meaning I'm the one that take care of them. I, you know what, what goes on with them concerns me. Which is so interesting because this is where a lot of us have been, where we have every excuse in the book to not go and do and be. It's this, it's that, it's this, it's that. He says, now, if they are driven hard, but one day they will all, all the flock, every single one of them, they'll all die. Like, I'll lose my job. Like, I'll be so tired. Like, I won't make it to the store. Like... I'm just not going to make it up the street. You know what? I can't fulfill my assignment. You know what? I'm not going to make my purpose. It's not going to happen. I, it's just not going to work out. I'm not going to be able to go and be who God called me to be. Like, it's right here. I, all these things will happen. So you know this. Now he's talking to his brother, but how many of us not only talk to our family, we talk to God like this. Like, yo, God, like, like you, you already know what I'm going through. Like, you know I can't do this right now. <clears throat> Like, like, you know it's not what's going to happen. Look, verse 14 says, now, let my Lord, he's talking to his brother, now, brother, go. Let my Lord pass on ahead of his servant. Go on, you go. And I will lead on slowly. Who told this brother to set his own pace? Who told him to set his own pace? God didn't tell him to set his own pace. I want to ask you this question tonight. Who told you to set your own pace? Who said it was okay for you to go slow with God's purpose over your life? Who told you that? Who told you that? You can't set your own pace. You must go at the pace that God has graced for you. He goes on by saying, now you go, I will lead on slowly at the pace of the livestock, not me, 
I will go at the pace of all these things I'm dealing with in life. These next few weeks is a huge evaluation of where God is taking you. There are some things in your life that are slowing you down, family. There's some things in your life that is making you go way too fast. There's some things you got to get rid of so you can see clearly. And we talk about this all the time. God wants to remove the clutter so you can see clearly. If you can't see, you won't know what to take out. He told me, Javert, you need to slow down. You need to pace yourself. Sometimes you got to make necessary adjustments so that you can keep on running. In these next few weeks, we're going to talk about some necessary adjustments. Because if you don't start making changes, you're going to continue to function in a place of blame. A place where you always pointing the finger at somebody. You're always like, yo, my daughter, man, like I couldn't do it because of my daughter. I couldn't do it because my son was acting up, man. I couldn't do it because I got kids. I, I couldn't do this because, listen, when did having children take away your purpose? When did getting married take away your purpose? When did getting a house take away your purpose? When did getting that full-time job, that career, when did messing up and falling into sin take away your purpose? When did anything take away your purpose? And we said this the past couple weeks ago, man, we was killing this series when God told us that your purpose is permanent. If it's permanent, that means it's still there and you're still stagnant. These next few weeks, we're going to talk about how to break free from stagnancy and how to step into God's pace for your life. I want to set the tone, and I want to end it right there, Genesis 33 and 14, where it says, Now please let my Lord go on ahead before his servant, and I will lead on slowly at the pace which the livestock will go before me. Before we end this message tonight, I want everyone to take a moment and write this down. I'm changing my distractions. I'm changing the things that distract me. Because somehow it's the things around us that often derail us from destiny. I don't think like, oh, destiny, like destiny's permanent, like it can never be changed, like God knows who's gonna live and die. Absolutely. But how you get there is all up to you. If we don't start making adjustments, we won't be able to run the pace that God has made for us. God is the source and he is the signal that sends the message to us so that we can pump out purpose and impact people. Let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you, God, for today because we, we know that today is a special day. It's not just a day that we started a new message or a new series, but God, like this is, this is a point of change for a lot of people. God, this is a point of change for those who have been brokenhearted, those who have been suffering, long-suffering, God. I'm talking suffering. They've been in the trenches for some time. People have been struggling with different areas. Insecurities have been holding them. But God, we believe that you're making them to be something special in their life.
And God, I pray that this message will, come, will become evidence that produces greatness in them. And that at the sound of my voice and the Spirit of God on the inside of me, that you will begin to send signals through this prayer, send signals through this message that would help people to produce the things that you have placed on the inside of them. God, you have purposed us for something permanent. God, you have built us up for a time such as this. Father, I thank you, God, for the word that you are bringing to us because we know that it is doing a perfect work, lacking nothing. God, we thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you for every person in here tonight. God, we thank you for everyone that is on Zoom, that's on YouTube, whatever platform they're watching on. Father, we give you thanks to those who are going to listen to this thing in the, in the future. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would reach the hearts of those that need to hear it and that you would use this moment as a point of change, a point of contact, a point of reference that will begin to impact the lives of your people each and every single day. Father, we thank you, God. We lift you up in Jesus' name. Amen. Family, listen, I want to just pray really quick that if this is perhaps that moment for you where you're like, man, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want, I want to talk about God, but I don't even know about him. I want to dive in, but I didn't bring my floaties. I want to pray for you, and I want to pray that God would not only save you, that you would allow him to come into your life as, as your Lord and Savior, but that this will become a point of change, a point that like ignites your purpose. Like, you know, uh, who said it? The key, you know, they put that, that key in the ignition, hiding fresh out of the kitchen. That's probably the wrong song. I don't know. But you're going to put the key in the ignition. And I'm going to pray for you that God would just save you today, that he would come into your life as your Lord and Savior. And if that's you and you want Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior, I want to pray for you. There we go. I want to pray for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father. God, I pray that you would touch that person right now that wants to experience your goodness, that wants to experience your grace, that wants to experience your love and your mercy. Father, your purpose is permanent. And if that's you and you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, I want you to repeat these words after me. Father, I need you. Lord, come into my life. As my Lord and my Savior, I realize that I am sinful. I realize that I fall short of your glory. I realize that I need you more and more every single day. Father, we thank you, God, for what you're producing. I pray that you would build in them, that you would strengthen them, come into their life as their Lord and their Savior. We thank you, God. We glorify you and we celebrate their salvation in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey family, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that it was a blessing to you. If you have any questions, comments, testimonies, or prayer requests, we would love to hear from you. Send us a message to the Detox Movement on all social platforms. And be sure to get your official Detox brand merch at thedetoxbrand.com. And above all things, family, remember that you are loved, you are blessed, you are beautiful, and most importantly, you are detoxified by God's amazing grace. And until next week, family, God bless you.